I mean, even when I started this work, I didn't realize how much hang up I had around money or relationships or so much of the work that I've cleared through. And so most people will come to me saying, I hate my job, but I can't leave. I make a ton of money. I'm not going to quit. Every coach that I have says like, well, then quit your job if you don't like it and create the life of your dreams. Well, I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars and my family relies on that money and I'm not going to quit. And so my thinking is, yeah, don't quit. If it's working for you in a lot of ways, you don't have to leave the stressor, but you can change the way you respond to the stress, which then puts you back in empowerment. Like, I'm not going to stop talking to my mother-in-law or my mom who drives me nuts or my friend who I've known for my whole life. I need to change the way I'm responding to them. So, and then it's like, okay, now we have choice. Now we have options. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis marmet We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 104 of the Art of Living Well podcast. As I'm sitting here in the heart of December, I'm starting to think about our new 14-day functional medicine detox, which will kick off on Sunday, January 9th. And we're really excited about this brand new program that we're kicking off in 2022 so that all of you can feel fabulous and start off your year with a bang. We've coached so many people through our seven-day detox and we've had amazing results and feedback And one of the challenges that we keep hearing from so many of our clients is that, you know, they start off in these seven days with these fantastic habits and healthy eating. And then once the program ends, people start to kind of fall off. And so we decided to make it a 14-day program this January to really help you transition back into a more sustainable eating routine. So the first week will be the same as our prior seven-day detox programs. However, the second week will be adding certain foods back into your diet while still doing the daily shakes with the DNS powder. And additionally, we have some exciting new things that we're introducing during this detox program. We, there's going to be a new cookbook from one of our previous guests, Emily Maxson, And she's also going to give a little presentation during the program. And we're also going to be doing an immunity boosting workshop for everybody that's registered for the 14-day detox program. We're super excited about this. We would love for you to give yourself the gift of health in 2022. We know that, you know, right now in December, there's a lot of money being spent on buying gifts for others, and sometimes it's really hard to justify spending money on yourself. But the gift of health is always the best present you can give to yourself and to your loved ones. So sign up today, head on over to our show notes for more information and to sign up. And we look forward to having you join us. Mark your calendars for the Detox January 2022. And now let's welcome our guest, Lizzie Cutler. Lizzie is a healing arts trainer focusing on the mind, body, and spirit. Using her expertise in meditation and coaching, Lizzie designs a customized path for each client to achieve their personal goals. Trained in Asia, the United States, and the UK, Lizzie's comprehensive knowledge helps clients reduce stress, anxiety, and increase productivity. Her judgment-free practice provides the tools required to shift out of the old stories that keep us stuck. Described as a spiritual closet cleaner, Lizzie helps clients clear out what's no longer working for them and create a healthy emotional space. 
As an intuitive healer, she works with clients to evolve the way they mentally and physically respond to stress. Lizzie works by receiving specific information about how to improve primary relationships, allowing clients to soak up the love instead of being stuck in frustration. Through group and private sessions, Lizzie's extensive client base includes leaders in business, Hollywood, politics, and is beneficial to anyone looking to explore and to be present in the moment. We had such a fantastic conversation with Lizzie. Um, We talked a lot about how people can change the way they respond to stress since you can't actually control the events and circumstances that happen in your life necessarily, but you can control how you respond to that stress. We also dove into explaining how fears, doubts, and limiting beliefs um, often stem from childhood and how as adults we can start to remove some of that old programming and really step into becoming who you want to be. We also discussed the topic of sex and we know that that can be a taboo conversation or an uncomfortable conversation for women at times and we talked about how one can empower women to love themselves, love their bodies every day, be comfortable in their own skin, and be comfortable talking about sexual pleasure and what um, a person wants out of their sex life. Lizzie leaves everybody with lots of tips and strategies, and we are just so excited um, for this conversation. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Good Health Sauna. It's time to relax, rejuvenate, and renew. Everybody wants to feel better. Everybody wants to be healthy and happy. Good Health Saunas is proud to provide top-of-the-line infrared saunas that deliver the most impactful results for overall health and wellness. Infrared saunas produce penetrating heat to help you sweat and heal your body from the inside. Sweating on a regular basis can help you feel amazing. Numerous studies have been done to show the power of infrared sauna use to help you sweat. Health benefits of regular sauna use may include detoxification, immune system support, muscle repair, chronic pain relief, relaxation, deeper sleep, and so much more. There are a lot of reasons people buy good health sauna. I just recently bought one at the Minnesota State Fair and I am loving it so far. From the moment of purchase to the delivery and setup, Good Health Sauna staff have been amazing. They answered all my questions and they did a fabulous job with the installation. I look forward to my new evening routine where I take a 30 to 40 minute sauna before I shower and go to bed. And I love how relaxed I feel and more importantly, how I am adding to my overall health and happiness. And best of all, it's a great way to remove toxins from my body daily. Good Health Sauna provides commercial-grade infrared saunas for in-home and commercial use. Backed up with the best warranty in the industry, lifetime guarantee, and unmatched customer service. They have three stores, one at the Mall of America in Minnesota and two in Wisconsin, Appleton and Waukesha. For more information and to purchase online, go check out your special offer at www.goodhealthsaunas.com slash theartoflivingwell. Lizzie, we are so excited to have you as a guest on our podcast today. And Marty and I love that we were connected through the amazing Hey Mama community, which is, you know, this awesome organization that connects working moms and women across the country. And, you know, we, when we had this first conversation, I just loved how you were able to offer people this service about reducing stress and energy clearing and also helping women really become comfortable in their own skin when it comes to their sexuality. And this is a topic that Marty and I have been wanting to have someone on to talk a little bit more about for a while now. So thank you for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me. There's nothing more fun than getting a group of women together to talk about sex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For sure. So everyone has a story, Lizzie, and we would love for you to share your journey of how you began tapping into these intuitive gifts that you have and ultimately becoming a coach to help your clients clear out what no lo- what's no longer working for them and really create, you know, a healthy emotional space and find more joy. 
So I'm going to give the, the quick Cliff's Notes version. I was teaching yoga and meditation. And while I was meditating, I realized that I was feeling energy move. And at first it sort of felt like electricity. And then as I would ask my teachers, what in the world was going on? They started informing me of what was happening and how to manage it and how to deal with it. And I am one of those that since I was a little girl, I loved going and seeing psychics. And across the way, I had seen three separate psychics who all told me that my hands had a lot of power in them and that I should do a Reiki training. So I did the, by the third time I heard it, I started to listen. I did the Reiki (laughs) trainings. I didn't feel anything, but when I was practicing on clients, I would get all these images in my head and decided to start telling them what I was seeing because it meant nothing to me. And I ended up seeing like someone's father or someone's something from a childhood or a grandparent, all kinds of cool stuff. And so I started just practicing and figuring out, you know, I remember being at lunch with a girlfriend and she just started dating a new guy. And I said, okay, tell me nothing about him. Show me a picture. Let's see if this works. And I could tap into what, where somebody was stuck and what they were feeling and what their love language was and all kinds of fun info. And it all just sort of morphed from there. I started doing different trainings with other healers and really taking on what felt authentic to me and what tools and tricks worked for me. And I completely left behind the things that didn't. So I tried not to worry about emulating anybody else's practice or any specific modality. The good part about that is that what works for me really works for me. The challenge with that is when people say, oh, do you do X? The answer is no. I, I take little bits from each thing and then really try to throw it all out the window and just sit in front of whatever client or clients are in front of me and let it flow through me. So I consider myself sort of a conduit. And when I sit down with somebody, I can feel where they're stuck. I ask for answers from their highest self to show me how to help them get unstuck. And what usually ends up happening is the old triggers that used to come up for them and create a lot of stress and anxiety no longer have that impact. And so where I thought how fun I'll be able to help people lose weight and quit smoking and manifest their dream partners, some of that does happen. But the reality of what happens is I'm changing old patterns and old beliefs so that the trigger doesn't catch as much anymore. And that felt really empowering and beautiful. So how do you do that? Like, how do you actually work with the people to help them change those patterns and how they respond to the stressors in their life. You know, oftentimes stressors come up that you don't have control over. So how do you help them, you know, rewire the brain or the pattern so that they are managing it in a better way for their mental health? That's an awesome question, Marnie. So the way that I see it, when I sit down with a client, my sessions are two hours on FaceTime. It's always been on FaceTime. So pre-COVID, I really don't like seeing people face-to-face. I like for you to be comfy in your bed or on your couch, and I'm in my space so that everybody feels really safe and comfortable. And when a client is safe and comfortable, their energy opens up in a way where I ask permission, I'm muscle testing to see what old fears, beliefs program went in when we were little. And most of us, when we're little kids, we have no idea how to discern fact from fiction from the adults around us. So an adult will commonly say to a child, it's not so common anymore, but this is like an obvious one. They will say, don't be such a wimp. Boys don't cry, right? Don't be such a wuss. And so that little boy gets programmed with, it's weak to cry. And he has no idea that that's an old limiting belief. And that emotions are great at navigating what feels good and what's out of alignment and all those beautiful things that come with feeling our emotions. So what I'm doing is I'm muscle testing and feeling where it is in the body, what the exact words are, and then showing the client how to pull it out where their conscious brain can now see what was programmed when they were too little to be able to understand it. And it's like, we're pulling everything out of your closet, cleaning all the dust bunnies from the back. And then only putting back in what works. So it's like, you're able to then see what do I want to keep? And what am I ready to let go of without any judgment on who programmed it and why and how, and oh my God, I've lived with it for all this time. It's like, no, 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 no. We needed it to get to exactly where you are right now. And if you're meant to let it go right now, you will. And here's how, and then the stressor doesn't change, right? So like, 
the boss, the parent, the spouse, the kid still triggers you, but it doesn't have the same hold because as your adult thinking mind can now see, that's not true for me anymore. And so with love and compassion, cancel. I unsubscribe from all of that. And so you're able to recover in like five to 10 minutes to an hour instead of having that fake conversation in your head for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So, so you in the two hour, just so I'm understanding in like the two hour time frame, you're kind of pulling these, um, through your muscle testing, you're pulling out of the person their, what they're holding inside. You're kind of probing, I guess. Yeah. And this is all based on law of attraction. So it's the old beliefs that are spinning in the background that we don't realize are spinning because they were programmed when we were so little. Right. But now as adults, we've never known life without them. So it's like someone might say to a little girl, oh, men are such cheaters. Don't ever trust a man. He's always lying. And that little girl doesn't know that that adult is just creating like jerks in her life. And that a lot of men out there are wonderful, supportive, incredible beings. And so she becomes, you know, a 20 year old who has this spinning in the background. The universe says, yes, like attracts like. And so she's going to start creating men who are jerks. And not understand why, because she's never known adult life without that programming. So it's so hard to see from the inside. And so I'm basically showing the conscious mind, hey, this thing is ready to go. But do the do your clients typically know their limiting beliefs? Because I would no. think a lot of people come to you and they don't really know what their limiting beliefs even no. are. I mean, even when I started this work, I didn't realize how much hang up I had around money or relationships or so much of the work that I've cleared through. And so most people will come to me saying, I hate my job, but I can't leave. I make a ton of money. I'm not going to quit. Every coach that I have says like, well, then quit your job if you don't like it and create the life of your dreams. Well, I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars and my family relies on that money and I'm not going to quit. And so my thinking is, yeah, don't quit. If it's working for you in a lot of ways, you don't have to leave the stressor but you can change the way you respond to the stress, which then puts you back in mm-hmm. empowerment. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not going to stop talking to my mother-in-law or my mom who drives me nuts or my friend who <laughs> I've known for my whole life. I need to change the way I'm responding to them. So, and then it's like, okay, now we have choice. Now we have options. Okay. I, I love, I love this. I can't wait to unpack more, but can we just back up one second? You talk about muscle testing and not everyone may know what that is. And I've done it or seen it when you're in person, like muscle testing with food sensitivities and things like that. So what is muscle testing and how are you doing it via FaceTime? So this is an awesome question because most muscle testing happens, like you said, in person. And I would be muscle testing on you, like while I'm touching you. Mm -hmm. But because there is, if you, if you take a moment and dive into the concept that time and space are just restraints that we've put on ourselves. There is no time space reality when it comes to energy. So right now I'm in a different state than you guys are, and I can 1000% feel your energy. And if I jumped on this screen and I was in a terrible mood and something had just happened, you guys would hang up with me and say to each other, her vibe was off. What's up? (laughs) It doesn't take me to say, or have like red eyes and a puffy face for you to know that I'm not in a good place, right? We can read energy easily. Mm -hmm. So if we all buy into that, then if you imagine my higher self and I picture her like above and behind me, she's stunning and gorgeous and powerful and amazing. She's going to talk to your higher self. Who's powerful and stunning and amazing. And she's going to say, okay, show me where I can create the most impact for Marnie or for Stephanie in order to clear whatever it is that's going to make her feel really fucking good for the next three weeks until we get to the next layer of the onion. And as far as physically, how do I, how do I muscle test like the tangibles of it? Um, I like to use my right hand on my right thigh and I'm pressing down. And so if I'm I ask for yes, no questions and I'm pressing. And when I get a yes, when I get like, there's juice in this, my leg doesn't move. And when it's a no, it moves really easily. Another way that I do it is I take my thumb and my pinky together and I interlace the other one together. And we can actually do this on Instagram live and I'll show you guys how. 
And it's yes, no question. So I'll say, is my name Elizabeth? Yes. Is my name Sally? And my hands will unlink. It'll pull through. That one's a little harder for me because I'm writing and I'm doing stuff. And so the leg is just an easier one for me. But so that's like the tangible and the, the sort of spiritual side of it. It works because there is no time space. And that's why I love FaceTime so much. So you're doing the muscle testing on yourself. I'm testing myself for you. Okay. And did you, did someone teach you that? Or is that kind of your own thing that you came up with? Someone taught me that she created, um, her name is Michelle Lowbridge and she created energy editing and she shifts money blocks. And for me, when I did my training with her, which was a long time ago now, while we were in the training, I said, Michelle, this is awesome. While I'm doing all these edits, I'm getting information on you. Like I'm getting all this intuitive stuff for you. Do you want to know what it is? And she was like, yeah, I want to know what it is. And you should incorporate that into your sessions with people. And so this is what I mean by like, I've taken the trainings that I've done with other people and brought it in. And sometimes my sessions include doing edits and sometimes we'll get to edits. And I'm like, okay, enough of that is cleared. Now let's refill it with all the positive and amazing things that you know your inner being wants to be in alignment with. So I try to make sure that my sessions leave you feeling like arms up in the air, power posing. Yes, I've got this kind of alignment. That's awesome. So I have a question for you. Um, you know, I'm very intuitive and I am a full believer in what you're talking about. But I know, like, if you asked my husband, he would not believe any of this. Yeah. So how do you handle like a client that comes to you maybe on a referral or wants to believe, but doesn't believe, does it still work? Or do they have to be pretty open and ready to kind of, you know, accept what you're feeling? And do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. I do. I had to learn when I was first doing these kind of readings, because when I first started doing this, I would ask friends, to connect me with anyone who wanted an intuitive reading and just give me their first name and their phone number. And the less I knew about them, the better. And I had to let go of needing to be the sort of dancing monkey, right? Like how many fingers am I holding up? Well, what animal am I thinking of? Oh, you're intuitive. What, what was my grandmother's name? Right. I would get a lot of those kind of responses. And for me, I don't care. <laughs> like if you <laughs> want to believe me, let's go, let's change your life. If you don't, no problem. I'm not for you. And I'm not here to sell and convince somebody who doesn't want to do the work. So the reality is most people don't come to me if they don't believe in what I'm doing. And they're not going to want to spend the money paying me if they don't believe in what I'm doing. So when they come to me and they want to have an open and, and honest conversation about how does it work, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. But I don't feel like it's my job to convince somebody that what I do has impact when I've never had a client turn to me and say, you're full of shit. And that to me is proof enough to know, you know, the testimonials that I receive back of people calling six months later and saying, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm, my life has just completely changed. And I'm in such a great place. Thank you for your work. Like, I'm good with that. That feels yeah. <laughs> well, truly, Lizzie, you have this gift and, you know, you went through like, oh, we'll just like edit these old programs and, you know, bring new way of thinking into it. And it sounds so simple. It's like, hello, all of us need this and we should all be yeah. doing it. And but yeah. clearly we're not. And uh, can you just dive into that a little bit more? Like you talked specifically about stress. Like, what are you doing in the sessions? And is the, you're doing some work and you talked about the muscle testing, what is the person doing? And then what are they left with to do after? So in between sessions, you know, is there homework, if you will, that they need to be doing to keep this up? Or, or is it just really like everything that they need to heal themselves is based in these two hour sessions with you? So most of the people that I work with are overachievers, type A, they're lawyers, they're in finance, they're in marketing, they're PR people, they're like hardcore professionals. And I noticed for me when I would sign up for programs or I'd sign up to work with people, when I got homework, I would end up stressing about it and doing it at the last minute before we got on our next session. So the work that I do, the reason I ask for two hours of your time 
And it's just once every three weeks for a commitment of 18 weeks. So we get six sessions in. And the reason I asked for that commitment is that we're going to do all of the work together on FaceTime in our time together. While you're in a specific edit, clearing out whatever the old fear, the old belief was, I'm also going into your energy field and weeding it out and helping you pull it out and helping you clear it and then helping you reprogram what is actually in alignment with your inner being and in your best interest. And so with all of that work happening in those two hours, the next three weeks are about chilling out, processing it, letting it all sort of settle in. And then three weeks later, when we meet again, I'm getting to the next layer of the onion. And by that sixth session, we're digging out like the roots of that and putting back in all of the good new seeds to to flower and grow. And there's extra credit because most of the overachievers are like, what can I be doing in between? (laughs) And yes, there are, you know, like I'll send you meditation recordings or I'll tell you to go and lean up against a tree and hug a tree and really like earth your energy and ground your energy. Or usually it's like, once I know you, then I know what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And anything that I'm giving you that's sort of extra credit is what will naturally work in your schedule and feel like something you're excited to do versus, oh, shoot, I have to do this homework before I see her again. But it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not necessary for the work to work. Like once those edits are done, they're done. I'm clearing you. I'm making sure everything is moving smoothly. And it's like I'm clearing out like this PVC pipe so that your energy can flow. And then your higher, your higher self, your inner being can like start moving stuff for you. So at the end of the sessions, you know, if they do six sessions with you, are they equipped with the tools to move forward and do this on their own? No. And I think the way that most people end a session is it's like a big, deep breath. Like, okay, now let's settle. And I kind of say, okay, sweetheart, go fly and go back into your life. As we know, this work is sort of meant to keep unfolding and keep developing. So someone will come to me, as I said, they'll say like, I can't quit my job, but I I, I am miserable and I hate it. And so we'll work on that. And then after those six sessions, it's like, okay, go back and now go live in that and go see what it's like to not be so triggered and to feel more in flow. And then something else will come up, right? Like my mother-in-law is driving me insane. And maybe we'll dive back into that. But no, because it's so personal and because I don't really know how to teach someone how to see inside themselves the way I can do it when I'm outside. It, it's work between us. Okay. Yeah. Which is so cool. It's just very, it's abstract for people, right? Who aren't. Yeah. And that I'd like, I have thought about that. Like, how do I teach somebody how to do it? Or even how to clear their energy, you know, clear some of the negative out. Yeah. It's kind of like teaching someone how to be intuitive right? Or how to be able to see when their gift might be being able to hear, right? I don't know why I I have the gifts that I have. I'm incredibly grateful for them, but I haven't yet figured out how to teach it. I'm pretty, I'm sure that will come at some point. Really, (laughs) (laughs) We'll do another podcast on that when I found it. I can't wait to email you guys and be like, I figured it out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So can you, you know, you, you talked about how you work with a lot of like the type A and, you know, can you share a story maybe of a client who was experiencing these energetic blockages and it was really, they were either maybe miserable in their job or a relationship and how by working with you, they were able to heal from this childhood trauma. Maybe that's something we can kind of dive into a little bit too, but um, yeah, yeah. If you just want to share, share a story yeah. would be great. So one of my most recent clients is in, she actually just turned 50. She is um, in a creative field. She's an interior designer and she has experienced a lot of, I think that we all experience some level of childhood trauma, right? Like whether you're left out from your friends in fifth grade or whether like something happens with your parents or whatever, right? Like that's what makes us who we are. And she had actually done a ton of work in therapy and had really like processed through what she was going through. She has children that have taught her a ton through their challenges. And she's very aware of where she is and what her triggers are and where she was sort of stuck was, okay, I know what all of my stuff is and I can tell you about it and I can show you where it's from and where I was programmed with it. 
I don't really know how to move it. And so these things are still coming up. And I still have this estranged relationship with one of my parents that just feels negative. And I still have tough relationships with my siblings that every time we're together, it ends up being in an argument or I have to just swallow my pride and take what they say. And it, it all felt very like low key dismissive and like a little bit emotionally abusive and nothing is profound and nothing is horrible. And she has a lovely marriage and wonderful children, but it was all kind of hard. And by our second session, I remember her emailing me two weeks later and she said, I don't feel the anxiety anymore. I don't feel the same like weight plate on my chest anymore that I'm not showing up in a good enough way. And I'm not a good enough mom. And I'm not a good enough daughter. I actually feel like everyone is doing exactly what they're meant to do. And if I can just be present and not have to fix their pain and not have to worry about saying the right thing and doing the right things, then that's where my value lies. I no longer believe in those things. And then a few months later, after like our later sessions, I think right before our last session, she told me that she had gone to dinner with her brother and her father. And it was the first time that they sat there and she could feel the love for them. And there were no arguments and there was no fighting. And she left and she hugged her father and she told him how much she loved him. And they had this really beautiful moment of like, knowing that he did the best that he could with what he had in the moment. And she's like, I really truly saw him for the light and the love that he has for me instead of holding the resentment for all the crap that I had to go through as a child with him. And I was able to just hold my brother's hand and love him for who he is. And it, it like brought me to tears when she was telling me about it. Yeah. I'm tearing up right now with this story. Yeah. yeah, It was so magnificent. And I'm telling you, this wasn't like, she wasn't a hot mess when she showed up, right? Like her life was good. She lives an upper middle-class, beautiful life and, and has all these things going well. It was just like, this thing is still hanging over me and I don't want to feel this negativity anymore. And she was finally able to release it. And she's always had a little bit of a contentious relationship with the mother and same kind of thing. Like I'm just seeing her for who she is and I'm seeing all that she tried to do and grew through. And I no longer, she released all of the not enoughness that she was carrying in the belief that had she done something differently, they would have responded to her differently. And it was like her adult self and her higher self and her inner being was finally able to say like, little girl, let that go. It's not yours. Let's set it down and let's clear it out and make space for all this love that you are here to feel. That's a beautiful story. I mean, truly. It was, I mean, I like saved the email and I, when I'm doubting myself, I pull it out and just, it gives me chills. It makes me so grateful to be able to show up in this way. So what tools, like what tools do you use to help these clients unblock that like stagnant energy? When I go, when I'm sitting across from a client, it's almost like I can see I'm taken inside their body and I'm shown it, it, it's like I'm shown where there are dust bunnies. I always, I used to joke and my friends would call me um, the energetic cleaning lady. Someone <laughs> had a good name for it. The, uh, I got to think of it. The clearing lady, the energetic clearing lady. Like, you know, when, when you have a deep cleaning on your house and you pull the couches out and you see the mm -hmm. dust bunnies that are behind the thing, I'm going inside your body and your energetic body and clearing them out. But I'm seeing like your inside skeleton. So I'll see that there's like a shard of glass that's on the inside of your rib cage. And instead of it being sharp edges, I'll smooth them out. And then I'll ask like, what is the emotional connection to this? Why is this here? Because when we experience trauma, whether it's an emotional trauma or a physical trauma, our body holds on to it, right? Our body, especially when we're young, our body thinks if we hold on to that pain, it will prevent us from doing that same thing again. And we won't get hurt again. When in actuality, the, the circumstance is not going to be the exact same. So the protection mode is not going to be applicable. Right. And yet we're taught like my mother in all of her best intentions would say to my sister and I start building up your bricks. Like when we would, you know, like need to break up with a boy or whatever. Well, start building your wall up, start building those bricks up. And she meant in her all of her love for us, start blocking the pain so that you don't get hurt when you leave. And that was what I did until I learned, oh my God, that's actually not, 
not well, yeah. helping me. Yeah. It helped her and it got her where she needed to go. And it was great <sighs> and useful to her. And mom, I'm not judging you here. And I love you. <laughs> it just didn't work for me, right? Like I right. want to be open and a lover. And I actually got really burned um, a couple of years ago. And I went to my rabbi and I'm not very religious, but it was one of those moments and I'm close with him and I love him. And I sat down with him and I said, Rabbi Steve, I need to know everything you know about forgiveness. And he said, Lizzie, you have an open heart and you have a very full, powerful heart. And people with full, powerful hearts choose love and choose to believe in the goodness of the person sitting across from you. And you are going to get burned. And sometimes it's going to hurt. And a lot of times it's going to feel incredible. And for the sake of not being a cynic, keep your heart open and know that if you get burned, you'll, you'll heal. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, okay, I think I can do that. I think I can. I think I can. And I carry that in my head as best I can. When I feel myself wanting to put my wall back up, if I keep my heart open, if I trust that the universe has my back, if I know that the perfect clients for me are going to show up and I don't have to fight for it and I don't have to hustle and I don't have to worry about beating anybody else out or being competitive or what are other coaches doing and what are, am I good enough? Of course I'm good enough. I was given these skills for a very specific reason. And I can just trust that it's all working out and then things magically work out. Oh, I love that. I love everything that the, what the rabbi said. Those are very yeah. wise, wise words, right? I think yeah. we can all yeah. take those and implement those into our lives. Yeah. Um, well, there's so okay. much more. I know. So I know we're going to change gears here, but I just have one yeah. quick question before we change gears. I'm wondering, this is just kind of a funny question, but. When you walk in a room, like if you go to a party, are you like talking to people and knowing what's going Like, I think of that movie with Mel Gibson. Yes, I know what he you're talking can about. Think he knows oh, right. what every woman is thinking. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? So yeah. is it kind of like that for you where you walk into a party and you're not knowing what they're thinking, obviously, but like you're like, oh, your ribs need a little clean out here and your heart needs to be open more. And you know what I mean? Like, like how do you, back. how do you like not turn it off? But like, I'm really I, I can imagine it'd be a noisy world out there. If you're- yeah. And I do know intuitives that cannot turn it off. And I'm very lucky in that I have to turn it on. And I have like, sometimes I'll be at dinner and my sister will say like, what about that guy over there? And I truly believe and feel it's none of my business. And I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm asked, I don't, I try not to make it any of my business. And you guys are doing it too. Like if you walk into a room, you can tell if someone's got a weird vibe or if yes. someone feels like they're full of light and love and you gravitate towards, usually you gravitate towards what your vibration is. I was just saying to this someone the other day, I got to go to Oprah when Diana Ross was on Oprah. Oh my I, God. I'm on my oh, wow. Coolest Amazing. Thing but Oprah actually came in from the back of the room and I was facing the stage. And when she walked in, you could feel the energy of the room when uh-huh. she walked in. Not because like, and then of course everyone started cheering, but you could just feel this power come in and this light. And so I think that we all feel it. There's not a single one of us that can't read energy, right? You walk into the room, you know, if your kid had a bad day, not uh-huh. by the look on their face, they could be their back be to you. And right. you know. So the people we're connected to, we can read it, we can feel it. I do think that since I was a kid, I was maybe, I do, I think we all feel it. I think I was just aware of it. And I would walk into a room and kind of be able to sense who felt good and who felt not so good. And, you know, when I'm, I'm on the dating apps now and when I'm scrolling through, I sometimes forget like, oh, I can read, I can pay attention. Like what's his love language? Does is he good to his mother? Like all the things that are important, right? And I try to remember to do them, but a lot of times I just am a normal person. Well, that's, that's great that you have an ability to turn it off and on, if you will. Yeah. All right. So let's pivot a little bit and and talk about sex. And, you know, Marty and I both recognize that the subject is also, it's just one that women struggle with. And I think of all ages, but in particular, sort of our, our age range, Um, yeah, very, very people, very few people are talking about it and it's often like either uncomfortable or taboo. 
So we'd love to just dive into understand your observations from what you're seeing with working with women and coaching them to help people tap into their true potential and just removing the physical and emotional shame that's you know probably been there since the childhood programming that we talked about. Yeah. So how we were talking about like how how much is programmed when we're little girls, understandably, as little girls, the adults in our life teach us not only to be like not ashamed of ourselves, but everything is about covering up and being safe. And, you know, the adults in the world are scared for little girls because of how much we're sexualized and all the terrible, horrific things that can happen to little girls and happen to a lot of us. And so I think as little girls, first and foremost, we're taught to sort of be afraid of our bodies and what somebody might do to us. And even if it's not really understood, it's, I think that our generations now are raising girls differently, but also, you know, you don't want someone looking at you like that. Don't wear those clothes. Or what are people going to think of you if you're wearing that? Or if you're walking around like that and someone hurts you, who are you going to tell, you know, like it's a lot of blame and shame on us. And certainly no one really teaches little girls about finding your own pleasure or that we are designed for incredible amounts of pleasure through our sexual organs. And I think that the detriment to that is then we are taught to be performative in order to please men and get men and get a husband. And this is what boys are going to want. And this is what boys like, and this is how you should act in bed. And this is what you should do. And so by the time we're teenagers, and again, I know that this is changing, but I think for all of us, you know, we need to reprogram what was taught to us then. I know for myself, a lot of it was all about how to make boys like you, what to wear so that boys liked you, what to do to get the, the guy that you wanted, what boys wanted once you were hooking up with them and never, ever, ever taught, here's how to find what feels good for you in bed. And then here's how to communicate that with a, with a person because they're not going to know. And in my working one-on-one with women, a lot of it, when I would start asking them about their sexual relationships and health, they would clam up. And I realized when I was back on the the dating market after my divorce and seeing what was out there, kind of being, you know, with all due respect, horrified that men in their late thirties and early forties were doing the same things that they were doing in their twenties. And even when I would say, this is what I like, and this is what feels good, they would do that for 10 seconds and then go back to what they thought I should want. Like they were going to teach me some new thing about my body. And I didn't say to them that that does nothing for me. Like what you're doing right now feels like nothing because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And one of my guy friends said to me, it's your responsibility to get your own orgasm when you're hooking up with somebody. And if you don't, that's on you. And I was like, but I told him, but I said, but I did. And he was like, then get up and walk out of the room. Like, what are you doing? It's not your job to sit there and be someone's whole, to have a good time. Like either demand that you get to have a good time or you're not with the right person. And this light bulb went off. And I was like, why aren't we teaching this? Why aren't we talking about it? Why am I the jerk for saying, hey, that doesn't work for me? And if you're still not able to listen to that, to say, you know what, this doesn't feel good, I'm going to call it a night, right? Like that just blew my mind that that was an option instead of just like, let's get it over with and move on. And what I realized was in saying, let's get it over with and move on, I was absolutely disconnecting from my body and what my body was asking Mm -hmm. me for, completely disconnecting from my own power and performing in a way so that he would still like me when I got no pleasure from the physical side. And I knew that that needed to change. And so I started really doing my own work. And then not surprisingly, I had a lot of women showing up doing one-on-one work with me who wanted to be in relationships, but had, you know, just negative experiences in sexual relationships with partners. And so I put this course together and asked friends to join me at in the beginning to say like, do this with me and let's see how it goes. And I realized that we needed to start with shame and we needed to go back and forgive. I had to go back and forgive myself for all the times I said yes when I meant no. 
And all the times I went along with it, even when I wanted to get up and get dressed and leave or kick someone out and end the night. And once I got past that piece of the shame and the forgiveness of myself and all the negative things that I had taken on about my body, that my boobs don't look right, or they don't sit up at my collarbones anymore. Like they did when I was, you know, 16 or that like, I'm not perfectly symmetrical and that all the different things that I've taken on as facts about what the female body should look like and what I was doing to myself. When I unpacked that and deleted all of that, things started changing and I no longer need a man in order to find my incredible core shaking, amazing orgasm. And any man that does get to touch me can either play with me and have an incredible experience or leave. And it's been a game changer for me. Wow. That's amazing. First yeah. of all, I think, <laughs> I think all the women listening to this are going to be knocking down your door. Um, but seriously, um, Stephanie and I both have daughters and, you know, I definitely was not talked to about pleasuring myself growing up at all. Other than I remember learning in school that it's normal to masturbate and everybody, you know, Cringe. But then you kind of get that really it's ta- really it's not normal, but right. it or is that, normal according to the school nurse or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Boys do, it. boys do it because boys yes. ask you, but right. girls only do it when they don't have a partner or when they, there's something wrong with them, right? Like I've talked to so many women who think if, if I'm an adult, especially if I'm married and I have kids, if I choose to masturbate, A, I'm taking that time away from my husband who would love to be having sex with me. or if I'm doing it for myself, it means that I can't get it from somewhere else. And that makes me a loser. Like the stories we tell ourselves versus I need energy. And I know if I have three great orgasms, which will take me 15 minutes and with a partner will take an hour. (laughs) If I give myself those three orgasms, I'm going to be in a great mood. I'm going to be aligned. My creativity will be flowing. I'll have more energy. My skin will glow. I'll feel amazing in my skin. And what most moms say to me is, oh, I guess I could justify it because then I'll be a better mom and a better wife. And I'm like, no, you'll be a better you. Just do it to be a better you. And if everything else falls in place, great. But as moms, especially moms of girls, like normalize it, right? Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you know? Like, like I've, you know, tried to bring it up once to my older daughter and she like rolled her eyes at me and she's like, I know mom, like, I know all that. Like, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't want to hear it. She definitely doesn't want to hear it from you. And I definitely didn't want to hear it from my mom. But I think that if there's, you know, if there's like a, Hey guys, just to be clear, if your door is closed, I'm not going to ever just walk in. Like you get to do whatever you want to be doing in your bedroom. I'm never just going to bust open the door. You do what you need in there. And if there's anything that you need that you have questions about, I'm here. Or tell me what you're reading out there and you're wondering if it's true or not. I'm happy to answer. Or if there's an aunt or a friend or someone like, you know who might be fun for you to call? This girl, Lizzie. She's 40. She doesn't have kids. She's doing all kinds of fun things. She was married before, but she's not now. And <laughs> call her. Ask her what's up. Like, I'm happy to have those conversations. And I do have clients that like connect me with their daughters who are in high school and college where like everyone needs the fun single aunt, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy to be fun Aunt Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, I get it that it's hard, but I think that if we talk more about, you know, knowing, Hey, I know what feelings I had when I was your age. And I know what I was trying to figure out when I was your age. And the more you know how to tell somebody what you want, the better it's all going to be. And yep. don't you think for one second that you're there for a man's pleasure. It's about your pleasure, babe. Like that kind of language of sort of the empowerment, I think will help them understand like, this isn't a weird conversation to have. In fact, sex should be about my pleasure. And you really want to gotta get a guy that can't get over you, have orgasms in front of him. Teach him how to give a woman pleasure and watch him fall madly in love with you right? Show him how confident you are and how amazing your body is and that your vagina is supposed to smell like vagina, not like summer's breeze. <laughs> 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 commercial. 
this commercial, I need to take a picture and like do an Instagram thing about it. <laughs> it was for summer's Eve and the two flavors were peach blossom Ugh. and like lavender something. And I was like, why oh. should my vagina smell like a peach? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that can't be good for you. No. Absolutely not. No, like that for sure is going to give you a yeast infection, which is going to create a lot more drama. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're 16, who knows that, right? And it's like the commercials are on MTV and VH1. And I mean, I don't know that people actually watch TV anymore, but I just think those kind of conversations of like, hey, by the way, this is what a yeast infection feels like. And this will give you a yeast infection. Your <laughs> vagina smells incredible to someone who loves women. And if anyone says that you don't smell right after getting out of the shower, he's not your guy. Cancel. Right? Like those kind of conversations where, of course, they're going to say to you, ew, mom, stop. They're still hearing it. Yeah. And that programming is still getting it. And don't use pads that are scented. And don't like, right? Like all of that kind of stuff just to normalize. You get out of the shower and you look at three things that you love about your body every day. And you focus on the things that are gorgeous. I love and you that. And you're supposed to be perfectly symmetrical. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, want to have that conversation with my daughter like today. I mean, yes. I think this is so important. And I, when you start talking about all this, I kind of go back to my childhood and the messages that were directly and indirectly programmed into me. And it absolutely impacts me today. I mean, I will be booking yeah. sessions with you. I swear we have all these awesome guests on our podcast. And I'm literally like, book sessions with all of them because you guys have so much to offer There's and so everyone has this unique world right now gift. yeah yeah but we have to share it with more people because i think such yeah. a small small percentage share of the it with world. each other right yeah. like share it with each other like hey i just talked to this woman who's teaching about sexual health and i was married like i remember what it was like and my husband was lovely and he listens to these podcasts sometimes so hey matt <laughs> um but it's not that our sex life was bad in the beginning. It was, it was great. And it was fun. It just wasn't everything that I wanted. And I didn't know how to communicate it at the time. And I didn't know what I didn't know, right? I didn't know how to say what I wanted and then not feel bad that I was going to hurt somebody's feelings or mm-hmm. I knew about love languages, but I didn't know how to navigate through it. And I didn't know. I just, I didn't know. And I know what it's like to be in a marriage and feel really alone, even though you're with somebody who's loving and kind and a wonderful person. It just wasn't my person. And I think in a lot of marriages out there, you've been together for so long that it's like, well, how do I say now this is actually what I want in bed and what we've been doing all these years felt fine, but like, wasn't great. Like that opens up a really interesting can of worms that I don't know that I'm ready to go into. And frankly, Marnie, to the point that you were saying earlier, if you're really spiritual and open and into this sort of extra world information, and you're with a partner who isn't, how do you navigate that? Right. And how do you figure out how to say, Hey, I want to try new things. And what are your fantasies and what kind of porn do you watch when you're, you know, not coming to bed for two hours after I've gone to bed. I'm assuming you're not just watching Sports Center over and over again. So, like, what's up? And no judgment on it and no shame on it. But I'm not saying I want to do the thing with you, but maybe let's have like hot sex in the shower and let's figure out ways to spice it up a little bit. And so, in the course, the reason that I did the online course was because when I did it live, a lot of the people, because we're all at different spectrums of this, right? Like I try to break it down. There are women who call it their vajayjay. There are women that can say my vagina. And there are the women that are in the like, my dripping wet pussy. And for most of us, <laughs> just the word pussy is I'm sorry. I, I don't like that word. I know. And it's I our think generation to think like it's trashy and it's gross and all of those things. And in the course, I help you get over that. But I made it an online course so that you could watch by yourself and like blush and cringe and lean into certain things and just take it at your own pace. And I've had women from 25 years old to 60 years old, take the course and come back and be like, I definitely didn't want to do that with you staring at me, but (laughs) knowing that I can just sort of do it in my own privacy or like I have a woman who's doing it and she's like, I listen while I walk the dog, you know, they're 10 minute videos. I can listen when I walk the dog. I do the exercises that feel okay for me. Like 
finding three things I love about my body and some of the things I'm going to work up to, like staring at myself in the mirror and until I find something I love about like the internal organ that is my vagina. And that's what kind of works with it is that it's about meeting you where you are. And just like I was saying earlier about how I like did all these different trainings and took what worked and left the rest. That's what I want this to be like a smorgasbord of ways for you to enhance your sexual health and ditch everything that doesn't work and maybe revisit it in a couple months once you've built up to it. And I think this is the get into the groove program, right? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted the online program. Yeah. And it ends with like how to bring a partner into the mix and how to talk to your partner about it. And I know women that have ended up going back and watching with their husbands because it's easier for some women to have me like a, you know, someone that they have no attachment to saying, this is where, this is how to find your different spots. Like it's not just about the G spot. Our nerves come down from our brain and expand throughout our pelvic region. And that's why every woman is literally different. Men aren't kidding when they say that. So for someone to know where my spots are is nearly impossible. But if there's that room for like, hey, babe, let's have like a little exploration here. I'm going to have a couple sips of wine and we're going to turn on fun music. And all day long, I'm going to be turning myself on because I can do that with my brain. And then by the time we end up getting together, let's just make it an exploration about me and me finding new spots in my body. And maybe it's up into the left or up into the back and up into the right or wherever. But having that, that space to say, let's go in and find something new. And I think that kind of brings that spark of life back into a relationship. I, I, I'm so excited to learn more about this program. I think it's awesome. Um, clearly, I think there's a lot of listeners that are going to be really excited to dive into this. Um, so it's the Get Into the Group program. We're going to link it up in the show notes, of course. Um, but Lizzie, as we start wrapping up this conversation, we love leaving our listeners with just some practical tips that they can implement into their life. Um, and I know you've peppered in you know, a few things throughout, and maybe it's just you know, unblocking stagnant energy or disconnecting from old programs, something that they can do kind of immediately and incorporate into their life. Okay. So really easy, tangible tools. Just as we're talking, I'm going to talk you through this. Take a really big deep breath and down into your belly. Women are so used to sucking our bellies in. Let it go. Breathe into your belly, breathe into your chest. Exhale, let everything go. And keeping your eyes open, keep doing what you're doing. If you're walking, if you're cooking, whatever, it's cool. Look around the room that you're in right now, the space. If you're outside, look around. Think of one thing that brings you pleasure. So right now I'm looking out my window and I see my yellow flowers and there's bright yellow popping staring at the sun. And it looks so beautiful to me. And think about how it feels in your chest to be grateful that you get to look around and find something that's beautiful and how good that gratitude feels in your heart. And imagine that there were a vibration that went with it. And just notice what that vibration feels like and hold on to that. And now add to it something that's going really well in your physical body. The first thing that pops into your head, the first thing I just thought of was that my eyes are working. I'm so grateful for my contacts and I can look over and see my ponytail palm tree hanging out. I'm grateful that my eyes work so well. It'd be so much harder if they didn't right now. Just think of something in your body that's going really well and find gratitude for how brilliant your physical body is. Notice what that vibration feels like in your chest. And then add to it again, anything in your world, a person, a place, someone in your world that you feel grateful for. And imagine the way it feels when they walk into the room with a huge smile on their face. When they're really happy what that feels like in your chest, whether it's your child or your puppy or a best friend. And notice what it feels like when you're laughing so hard with them that you have to bend over. And that feeling in your chest of just loving another being. And hang on to that and start feeling that vibration shimmy down into your arms. And let it start to wiggle down into your hips and down into your legs and into the soles of your feet. And let it move up through the crown of your head and start spreading it out beyond just your physical body. Let it reach out in front of you and back behind you 
beneath your feet, up above your head. Keep doing what you're doing. You're just dancing in that energy. And you're going to set the intention to hang on to this energy and acknowledge it for the rest of your day. And as you're going to sleep, really tune into it. And as you're falling asleep, imagine you had a dimmer switch and you could turn it all the way up. Turn the volume as high as you can on this energy. And you're going to be radiating this gratitude for the next four hours as you sleep. And remember that like attracts like. So as you look for good things, more good things will appear. Look for the abundance, look for the laughter, look for the light, look for the health, look for the fun. Hang on to that and jump right back into your day. That feels so good. That feels amazing. Amazing. So So, relaxed. (laughs) Yeah, good. I can like feel the tingles in my legs. It's the best. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I love how you can. Audience. Yeah. How it's something you can do anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do this as I'm walking my dog in the morning. Just get like first thing, as soon as you can get yourself in that mindset and look for it all day. Make that your practice and do it with your eyes open. Whatever you're doing, you don't have to stop. Part of the challenge for me when I was learning how to meditate, is like, I have to stop. I have to sit. I have to get comfortable. If I'm thinking about an email, I can't think about the email, but now I can think about it. I'm thinking about the email. It was too much. But when I do it just in part of my day, and train my brain to look for the good. So I was doing my gratitude practice. I write for 15 minutes. I just journal nonstop. I set my alarm for 15 minutes and write what I'm grateful for. And today it was hard for me to come up with stuff. And with like six minutes left, I was writing. I'm so grateful that my biggest challenge of the day is that I can't think of what I'm grateful for in this notebook, but I love my handwriting and I'm grateful that I can see and I can write. And like, then I got back on the wagon but just finding gratitude that this is the practice. This is where you are. You're so lucky. You're so abundant that you get to start training your brain to look for the good. That's how juicy your life is. And that's what you're meant to be doing while you're here. I love that training your brain to look for the good. Yeah. Um, the best thing you can do. So Lizzie, I know we've gone a little bit over here and we have to start to wrap up this conversation. Um, where can people find you? How can they work with you? So my website is my name. It's lizziecutler.com, L-I-Z-Z-I-C-U-T-L-E-R. And my Instagram handle is the same. And email me, reach out. I, I posted kind of what I do on my uh, website, the different programs that we can jump into. But really what I like to do is just start with a phone call. So if you just want to call me and let me know where you're at, and then I can say either like jump into the get into your course or let's do a one-on-one or let's start with the clearing just to kind of know where you are and what might work best for you is how I like to start these things. So even if you just want to learn more about what I do and how I do it, I'm always happy to hop on a phone call. Okay. And we'll link all that up in the show notes. Perfect. So one final question as we end this awesome conversation that we love to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? The art of living well honestly truly means finding as much giddiness and joy in every moment that I possibly can. And just like I just said, training my brain to look for the good. My brain will go wherever I tell it to go. And so if I train her to look for the good, life will be incredible. That was simple and beautiful and so impactful. I mean, just think if we all did, if we all did that every day. My number one trick, by the way, when I'm having a bad day is to lay on the floor and stare at my dog. (laughs) Because she's pure love and pure joy for me. And her little face is so sweet. And it's never anything but like sugary and delicious. And so if I can't access it through sort of the the normal means that you're supposed to be able to find it, I I stare at her. (laughs) That's such a good idea. I mean, my dog, the way you just described your dog is how I feel about my dog and how most people probably feel about their dogs. So what a great way to... reset. (laughs) Exactly. They are the easiest, fastest way for me to get into that unconditional love. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I love also how you said your brain will go where you tell it to, Mm because that is so true. Because if you're focused on something negative and ruminating and ruminating, you're going to, I mean, it's hard to get out of that, right? And it feels sexy. It's the sexy spiral. And we're so used to commiserating with each other as a means to connect. 
And yes. I am trying really hard. I'm actually struggling with this a little bit, but I'm trying really hard to have conversations with old friends about like, I don't, I don't want to go there anymore. I'm sorry uh-huh. that you're still experiencing that. It's not that I don't want to hear about it. But I kind of don't want to hear about it anymore. Tell me about the good stuff, right? Like focus on the good and more good will be created. Focus on the bad. Like, you know, the old thing of what you water grows and yeah you know, I'm trying to spend more and more of my time with people who can lean into, okay, we're going to give ourselves five minutes to bitch and moan. And then the rest of the time, tell me about everything that's going well in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I could not agree more. I yeah. I think we, we all have people in our lives. Yes. That are like, like drains. That. Yeah. But you also want to, I mean, I also want to be authentic. Like if I'm having a bad day, I want to, like, I want to feel that and then move on. I don't want to pretend like it's not there. So what I try to do is acknowledge how I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. find gratitude that that's what I get to deal with. Right. There are people in this world that would kill to have my bad day. First world problems, right? And just remembering that. Yeah. And yes, mm-hmm. it still hurts. And my heart hurts because my heart is telling me something is out of alignment. Either this relationship is no longer in alignment or this experience doesn't work for me or this belief about what this thing is, is not in alignment with my true inner inner being. Mm-hmm. And so I get to change the way I spin the story, right? And like we call it reframing, but I like spinning the story. Yeah. So like if I'm telling myself that, someone was so horrible to me. I really try to remember they didn't do it intentionally to hurt me. They probably did it because they are busy and weren't thinking about it. And I know in my heart of hearts, they would never do that and think like, Ooh, I'm really going to get her today. I'm really going to knock her out with this one. Right? Like that was never the story going on in their head. And so then I can take it from like a 10 to a seven. If I'm like, all right, if I know that they didn't do it intentionally, if they could replay it and I could tell them exactly how I wanted them to do it, would they? Probably. So then I can take it from a seven to a four, right? And I like work my way back of either they did it intentionally and that's not a person I should be hanging with or they didn't. And I should just get over the fact that I can tell them how to do it better. That's actually great advice too. Absolutely. Yeah. Walk it back. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. We had so much fun. Um, this was so fun today. So yes. fun, guys. I love what you're doing. And I so appreciate how you're just like showing the world how many of all of us are, are just making it a better place. And there's a lot of good out here. That's our goal, right? Yeah, yes. Amazing. Thank all you right. so much. Thank Have a wonderful you. day. Have a Bye-bye. great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.